Welcome to the Internet Report, where we uncover what's breaking and what's working on the internet and why. Last year, or last week rather, was a big week. We had three major outages starting off on Monday with the Big Bang with GitHub and their outage. And then midweek, we had WhatsApp go down for a period of time. And then finally, we exited the week with the biggest outage, which was Cloudflare having a significant network issue that impacted their DNS services. Right, um, Angelique, not to forget um, the outage that we were a part of too. Um, if you guys signed in uh, for State of the Internet, you would have noticed us uh, drop off for about 10 minutes there, um, but we were back up. It was a small glitch in the backend system that you know we were relying on for the live stream. So that was another outage, live outage that you guys witnessed. Uh, it was a busy week. It was, it was a busy week. Uh, the GitHub outage was, you know, definitely one of the smallest outages this week. It lasted for about an hour and 45 minutes. Um, nothing essentially wrong with the network connectivity piece getting to GitHub data centers, but it looks like there was um, an application level issue that kind of, you know, um, tripped their network and connectivity to GitHub. Yeah, and it took place during a period of time in which, you know, it's typical to do maintenance. It was, what, like 2.15, 2.30 Eastern time. Yeah. Um, and like you said, like lasted around 90 minutes and it wasn't network related. It appears to be something to do with the application. Maybe they're making an update. They haven't really come out with a full statement indicating what the issue was. So, um, you know, given that it's been a week, probably not likely to hear more about that, but doesn't seem to have been too impactful from a user standpoint. Disruptive, but fair. I think the second outage was um, the WhatsApp one um, that lasted for, I think, under an hour. Hmm. And um, that definitely took place during, um, it was around 3.45 Eastern. So that was definitely disruptive in the sense that, you know, it was impacting um, users. And uh, the WhatsApp outage was interesting in the sense that, you know, what we noticed is connecting to WhatsApp CDN Edge was not an issue. However, um, while we were, our tests that were running to WhatsApp um, connection server c.whatsapp.net so essentially um, servers hosted in AWS's Ashburn um, region we started seeing um, packet drops to that particular um, service and that service is actually really critical to you know um, initiate sending messages or texts and, and so on so it was necessary it was kind of a drop in one of their most critical um, services and um, I'm not sure, did WhatsApp come out with uh, what actually happened in there, I don't believe I've seen a fuller explanation of the issue. Um, but, you know, like, like you said, it, it, they did, in fact, well, they did note that this was the result of a, an internal server upgrade that caused this. And the manifestation of it was that there was, um, you know, the traffic couldn't connect to the server and there was packet loss. And initially in looking at this service, which we knew was crucial uh, for WhatsApp to work, um, we saw the packet loss. Initially we were unsure because this was taking place in AWS's network, if this was something related to AWS, but it didn't seem to be impacting any of their other customers. And um, so it did start to look like it might've been due to some configuration change they might have been and then that was confirmed when they came out with their statement which actually was pretty um you know it came out 
pretty um, pretty soon after the incident was resolved. Right. Um, and the fact that the outage was um, kind of global in nature, we noticed that all our um, agents testing to that particular critical service uh, was showing uh, um, pretty significant, you know, packet drops in there. Also suggests that it was something going on at, you know, the the application, the software layer that was um, causing this outage. Right. Right. So two application related outages and then we had this outage on friday which initially given the reports like it looked like it was an application related outage you know like dns you know uh, but it turned but it also some of the some of the symptoms or some of the kind of the characteristics of this outage were a little bit odd they kind of looked maybe like they were network related as well and then they later confirmed that this was the result of a router configuration error that caused widespread systemic congestion within their backbone. Um, but that was that was particularly interesting. Right, totally. Uh, and with that, we're going to go under the hood where uh, we're going to walk through what happened, what we saw, and, and some commentary about uh, some things that don't necessarily add up for us. So. Yeah, absolutely. So they, in their post-mortem, they noted this, which is really exactly what we saw, which was at around um, between 2110 uh, and 2115, um, there was this configuration change. So they said it was uh, 2112, right? And so very shortly after that, we started seeing that there was um, a 50% drop in availability, near 50% drop in availability, which aligns with what they said in terms of the amount of traffic or the infrastructure that was impacted as a result of this change. Right. And it, it lasted for about 30 minutes or so um, until about um, 21, uh, 39, 40 or 41 in which it was resolved. Um, so during the particular incident, we can see here, for example, that um, these vantage points in these various locations are not able to reach the name server um, uh, quad one. So we're testing to quad one, which is uh, Cloudflare's public DNS resolver. And we're, uh, we're querying for just example.com a record and we're not able to reach the server. And so, um, so, so that's the issue there. Now, even though we're just looking uh, right now at quad one, the uh, managed DNS service that they have was affected in a similar way. And then also Cloudflare is, the, um, is, is one of the um, uh, folks that supports two of the root servers, um, F and eRoot. And we saw a similar dip in availability as the result of this particular incident. So it was sort of simultaneously impacting these different parts of their DNS service. Yeah, I think on top of that, something that we noticed is, um, you know, some very handful of services that, you know, relied on Cloudflare's CDN, um, you know, the edge service, the edge network um, was also showing um, packet drops that, you know, that we saw and that we actually have a interesting find that we noticed there as to how they, you know, this one particular service, they actually swapped on Cloudflare um, and, and try to connect directly into AWS and, and then fuck that, which we'll get to really quickly. Yeah, yeah, that, that's particularly interesting. Um, so just kind of in drilling down further, you know, we see that, you know, there was a lot of people on social media complaining, you know, they weren't able to reach sites or certain um, sites were down like LREG and others. 
um, because people couldn't resolve their domain name and reach their, their website. Um, and so we saw this as, um, you know, this was effectively like packet loss that was occurring, which is really unusual when there's so many different vantage points all connecting to a service, a service that is any cast, right? So quad one is an any cast service, which means that it's served from many locations. Yeah, so omnipresent. Yeah, yeah, it, exactly. So, so, the, so the idea that this would be a network issue, okay, you, that would point to something pretty foundational, like a control plane layer. Um, but in that also, you know, just, just mm -hmm. That that this hundred like packet loss that we were seeing across or possibly all um, you know um, places where this anycast service existed, I think resulted in people speculating if this was a DN, uh, DDoS attack. Um, and, and as we know, it's not. And we'll get into that. Like once you start seeing like the pattern of the loss, you know, and in, in through path visualization, just a little bit, it does definitely have symptoms of it being a DDoS. But it also has like a very close resemblance to an outage that happened last year, um, which which Angelica think is a Google outage that happened. Right, right. There was a a Google network outage that took place in the early part of June, so I think June third, and I believe it was a Sunday, and it was a pretty significant outage. It lasted, I believe, about four hours, um, which will will touch on just a second um, but to your point like this somewhat resembles a DDoS attack in the sense that there's like there's variation in packet loss so pretty extreme on one hand and then there's others where you still see kind of like you know uh, some level of packet loss um, mm -hmm. if you were to look at this from the standpoint of like path visualization you know to your point like this could very well um, you know this this isn't unlike similar um, scenarios we've seen with major DDoS attacks, whether that be against GitHub, which we brought up earlier, um, this the path uh, traces look pretty similar, or even when there was that um, route leak last year that was propagated by Verizon, um, there was a whole bunch of traffic that was getting funneled into Verizon's network and to, to a few other ISPs um, because of the, the particular small ISP that was advertising themselves as Cloudflare or Path to Cloudflare. And because of that, like it was just funneling far too much traffic into um, uh, through these networks. And that was leading to just pretty significant packet loss. So, you know, folks speculating that this could be a DDoS attack, you know, it's not, um, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Definitely. But it also looks like Google's outage, which was the result of their um, control plane being taken offline by themselves because they accidentally deactivated them as part of the maintenance window. And so they effectively took their control plane for a big part of their network in the US offline, which meant that their infrastructure, even though it was working, like they didn't have routes internally. So all the traffic that was um, headed towards um, Google's network was just getting dropped at the edge. So at the gateway to their network because there were no internal routes to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's similar here, right? Like all we, the drop you're seeing is actually right at the edge of um, Cloudflare's network. So if you just hover around each of those nodes there, you'll start seeing that you're seeing different ISPs in there, um, you know, that are all impacted. So again, 
it has the, the symptoms or the patterns of a DDoS attack, um, but it definitely uh, was not. And Cloudflare confirmed that as well in their, you know, pretty detailed um, RCA. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, they, so what, everything that they've said in terms of their post-mortem post is very much consistent with what we were seeing, which was, you know, they, they said that there was just congestion in their backbone. And that was, you know, it was kind of, it's kind of like a traffic jam where, you know, all of the traffic just kept, that just piles up and is just not able to get through to its destination and then just gets dropped as a result of that. Yeah, and I think all all nodes within their backbone started seeing, or not, not necessarily all, but 50%. I think they have a list of all their uh, backbone pops that were um, affected. Uh, this congestion that, you know, um, happened in Atlanta because of a BGP uh, misconfiguration, um, IBGP misconfiguration kind of resulted in a bottleneck across their uh, backbone. Um, so while the, the router was in Atlanta, where that's where you know the issue started, originated, and the congestion started there, kind of cascaded around through their um, backbone as well. Um, right. Yeah. Well, they, so they were still like advertising externally, like BGP, you know, like their routes to their service from, or, um, from each of those pops but they weren't servicing from those pops. They were sending everything internally because of like, to your point, um, internal BGP configuration. Um, but what was interesting was that as the um, incident started to get resolved, um, so this was like within like just a couple of minutes of them implementing a mm -hmm. internal change to effectively take the Atlanta router offline, which was, which was what led to the service getting restored. They made um, some BGP changes. So this was um, pretty unusual. And it was something that we saw only across um, the, not only for the slash 24, um, for the um, quad nine uh, service. So, so uh, that prefix, but also for prefixes um, related to their CDN service, as well as those related to F root. So they made the same BGP path change at um, around the time when the service um, or just, when that router was taken offline. Yeah. So uh, I think just to, to just draw a distinction as Angelique's working through this is this so what you're seeing here is um, a change in their external BGP um, you know announcements. The misconfiguration that and the root cause that you know Cloudflare pointed to was on their internal. Um, BGP, you know, announcements and their backbones are actually pretty distinct and, and, and separate. Um, but it's just, yeah, so it's more of a question that we have, why would a, a change like this or an announcement change like this be made just as they were taking off the offending router and service was getting restored? Was this related or, or was it unrelated? Um, it, you know, it is, um, you know, again, it's the same announcement they made across these other prefixes, and it seems like it's a pretty minor change. I mean, basically, the only change they made was rather than um, uh, advertise a path directly through this particular ASN AISG, they um, put them through a path through Cogent. So um, they made them indirectly um, connect through them. Right, and and to add to that, like apart from the fact that this was kind of a pattern seen across not just your quad one service, the F root, and also some um, 
services that were relying on um, Cloudflare's um, CDN, I think it was a slash 20 network, we noticed this pattern reversed itself, um, you know, nine hours later. Yeah. So um, sometime um, later, we, we noticed that the peering here, which, which was removed as in, you know, instead of going via Cogent to AISG, Cloudflare then started peering directly with AISG, which is what was the case before, right. you know, this, this, this outage night exactly like you see here. So yeah. it's, it's curious, was this just, you know, um, coincidence? Um, or was this, you know, something that was planned and also, you know, critical for the recovery? It'll be um, good for us to understand that. Yeah. So, you know, to like kind of a couple of questions, you know, still kind of remaining for us is one, what was the role of this CP announcement change, if any, in relation to the outage? And then also when the misconfiguration occurred um, on that router in Atlanta, was it just impacting certain prefixes or many different prefixes? You know, that those would be interesting things to um, get answers on. That you mentioned because the impact that we saw with you know DNS right like you know the just the global impact although 50 percent it was pretty massive yeah uh, Cloudflare is also a really popular um you know CDN provider right like apart from providing DNS right. and we didn't notice that much of disruption when it came to their um, CDN edge services we did see one particular service that was impacted I'm not saying none were, but the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the blast radius of that impact was much smaller than the DNS services, right? So when it came to the question around prefixes is the prefixes that were leaked, were they only the DNS prefixes and then maybe a small set of the, you know, edge servers um, or not necessarily, we don't know. So that would be good to get some clarification. Yeah. Too. Well, and also, I mean, to your point, like in terms of like their CDN customers, some of their CDN customers, or maybe even many of their CDN customers are also using their internal DNS. So they could have been indirectly impacted, even if the CDN services themselves weren't. So that's, you know, that's because it's just like a foundational service, right? So um, the other thing, Angelique, that, you know, uh, we, that I thought was interesting and we were discussing earlier on is this one particular um, service that was, you know, relying on Cloudflare's um, CDN. Right as Cloudflare was recovering and, and coming back up, they seemed to switch directly to their, um, I think it's their origin. So instead of, you know, right. going to the edge, having going through a CDN provider's edge network, they started directly connecting users to um, AWS, which I assume is where they are hosting, yeah. origin is hosted. And I think the interesting thing there was over the weekend, so no, remember that this outage happened on Friday, um, Thursday evening, like it was almost five o'clock uh, Eastern, right? And um, this particular service as the as Cloudflare was recovering, they switched over to AWS. And throughout the weekend, they had this, you know, um, pattern where they were switching back and forth. At some point in time, some locations were connecting to um, Cloudflare, some locations were connecting to AWS directly. And then around uh, 
Monday morning, around 1.30 a.m. Monday morning, they completely switched back over to Cloudflare. It's, it's interesting because in the RCA that Cloudflare had, they were talking about implementing a fix around reducing or capping the number of uh, prefixes right. Right, uh, on their BGP sessions. So I'm wondering, you know, they said they were going to do that July 20th as well on the Monday. So I'm just wondering if there was some relation there in terms of, you know, switching back um, safely to Cloudflare. Um, right. Well, and also what's interesting is that they, I mean, it, there could have been multiple things at play, but this particular service is very oriented towards enterprises. So it's not really a consumer service that they're offering. Mm -hmm. And so you're not going to get a lot of people coming to your site necessarily on the weekends because it's really kind of more for enterprises. So maybe they just decided, hey, we want to enjoy our weekend. Let's let's have Cloudflare and, you know, AWS in the mix, just, you know, to make sure nothing goes offline. Right. And if it runs a little bit slower because it's not, you know, being served from distributed CDN caching nodes, then so be it, you know, because we just, we're going to have fewer visitors. Right. And, and this, the impact, you know, that we saw, which was not necessarily um, that, you know, debilitating because it was the weekend again, was we did see the response time to that particular service. Um, this isn't it, we're just looking at it from Amsterdam, right? But in a few, look at this overall um, response time kind of increased. And that makes sense. That's the whole point of having CDNs in the first place, right? You want to get the information or the data as close as to your users as possible. So when you're going to send them directly to the origin, um, which in this case was um, on AWS's Ashburn region, you know, it's not surprising to see that, you know, a little uptick in response time again, did not really disrupt um, you know, customer um, service or anything because this particular service, um, it's an enterprise grade service, Angelique was saying, and this you know really happened over the weekend. And then come Monday morning, um, they restored it back to Cloudflare um, weekend. So, and from the standpoint of of page load time, it didn't see. It seemed like that HTTP response time was kind of absorbed into that, and like overall, like page load time didn't really go up all that much so at the end like it didn't seem like it was over impacting um you know but again like we you know we we don't know in terms of where users are coming from and what networks you know there are many reasons why you may want to have a cdn um fronting your origin not just for performance reasons but also for security and and um you know just even shielding the origin so right absolutely um yeah, it was um, definitely a busy weekend. And, you know, the thing I really appreciated about this, this Cloudflare outage is, as always, like the RCA was, um, you know, they're they really fast. You know, um, I thought we were fast, but uh, <laughs> and, and they're very, and not just fast, I mean, they're very transparent. Um, yeah. You know, they want to provide as much information as possible. And you could tell that there was, um, you know, certainly, some internal grief around uh, the the whole incident. Um, and they also kind of put out an open invitation for people to ask questions. So, yeah. you know, I think it would be very interesting, you know, certainly we have questions and, you know, if anybody in our audience does as well, you sh we should, you know, just kind of um, bring them to their door. Absolutely, absolutely. And again, like, you know, the couple of questions, again, just to reiterate what we were talking about is um, why was there a change uh, in an external BGP announcement around the same time as the recovery? Um, 
why was that prevalent across multiple prefixes? Right. And I mean, sir, services, enterprise services, uh, DNS services, um, as well as um, the F-code service as well. And then the third question is, uh, in terms of the routes that were leaked, um, you know, how big was that prefix list or, you know, right, right. on DNS versus um, other services or not. So if you guys have answers to these questions and you want to enlighten us, definitely write to us. Um, would definitely be interest, curious and you know interested in find out what was actually going on in there. Absolutely. So I mean that concludes our show this week. I mean this was really focused on Cloudflare, but you know as you can see there was quite a lot to dig into. Um, so you know as Archana mentioned, if you have questions, comments, have ideas about what we talked about today, feel free to drop us a note at. Um, internet report at thousandeyes.com, or you can reach out to us on Twitter as well. Um, also, we had a state of the internet virtual summit last week, and those um, videos from some of the great sessions we had are going up on YouTube, so feel free to check them out. In particular, there's um, Marcel Flores from Verizon had a great session on um, you know, optimizing BGP for um, user performance, which was really interesting. And then Jeff Houston of AppMec is always just wildly entertaining. And so many more, Akamai, um, CenturyLink, others, just so many great talks. Yep, definitely check that out. And again, um, if you have questions, if you, um, you know, have some ideas for later uh, episodes, email us at internetreport1000eyes.com. And that's what you do to also claim your free t-shirt. So send us your address and the t-shirt size and we'll get that right over to you. Right. Till then, um, have a great week. <laughs>